Hello, it's Jane Morgan here. I am the producer of The Friendship File and the voice of The Questions. And I usually put this request at the end of the file, but I have come up with a cunning plan because I realise that most people probably switch off when they hear the end credit start, so I'm now putting it at the beginning. It really makes a huge difference to how many people find us if we get lots of reviews and ratings, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on your phone, you can just scroll down and you'll see the opportunity to give us a star rating and to leave a comment. So if you wouldn't mind leaving us a star rating, preferably a nice one, and a review, that would be fantastic. It means that more people will find the podcast. Also, you'll find on other podcast apps opportunities to rate and review us. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, I would be very grateful. Okay, thank you for listening to this. I'm hoping you still are. Please enjoy today's Friendship File. This is The Friendship File, where we flip open the blueprints behind some of the world's most important relationships, the ones we have with our friends. Two friends have each been sent the same set of questions. They've recorded their responses on their own and without consulting. Here is the combination of their answers. This time, Elna and Tina. My name is Elna. Tina. I live in Pretoria, South I Africa. I work in Germany. I am 30. I'm 32 years I old. I've known Bettina. 2006. Friends since 2007. Half my life now. <laughs> Describe the very first moment you remember seeing them. I don't remember the first moment we met. I now remember it because I've heard it so often from Tina. The first time I remember meeting Elna was in 2006 at school. Her first memory that she'll probably tell you is that I told her I had won a bottle of perfume. And she had just won a J.Lo perfume in a competition, like a magazine competition that she participated in. And that I was very excited and that she'd never met anyone who had won something before. And it was the strangest thing to me because who joins competitions and then wins. I still enter competitions and win competitions, and now so does she. <laughs> so I guess um, that's one good effect I've had on her, if nothing else. When did that click happen? The moment you thought, yeah, I like you. So our first click was in December of 2006. We were on camp. A bunch of people, no electricity, long nights by the fire. You can hear the waves of the ocean. Um, and one night we just happened to have a, like a real DMC and we decided to go to a more private place. We got into um, a combi, into a car um, what, late one evening to have a conversation uh, sort of away from the other people. I don't know why we did that. And the best place for that was the VW combi that the church had. So. We asked one of the leaders to open the car for us. And he said, cool, yeah, I'll open the car. And I remember it being kind of funny. The car alarm went off. And as we went to the car and opened the doors, the alarms just went off. And we were, we were panicking, not knowing what to do. And we just called his name. We were like, help us here. That was a really deep conversation. I do not remember what it was about. And then it mellowed down again and we still met at school in the church. Lifelong friendships are kind of like a pool that you enter not by jumping, but step by step. And then in March of 2007, I randomly asked her to become a leader at another camp 
that I was a leader at. And yeah, we shared a room and we bonded over mainly singing and just, yeah, chatting a lot, but, but mainly singing. There are these clicks of, oh, we're friends. Oh, we're really good friends. Oh, we are friends who can deal with really tough things. Oh, we're kind of like family. Oh, we're friends who can travel together. Um, you know, step by step. What is your thing? The thing you do when you get together? Our thing is to just live in joy and acceptance. So we love to sit at coffee shops and play Scrabble. It's hard to say that there is one thing, your thing at 16 is different at 20, 23 and, you know, 30. We've also spent a great amount of time apart from each other. We love to invent new games that mainly involve throwing around socks. And we we just love to make efforts for each other and to to just enjoy the moments. But the thing that I think of when I think of us is having coffee in the morning. Um, so waking up and sitting on my bed or her couch where I'm sleeping or wherever we are in the world and just having a cup of coffee and talking. To just be quirky and alive together um like the one time i had a lunch break and i calculated okay if i drive to her house from work get dressed have a little pool party and get dressed again and leave go back for work we would have 12 minutes in the pool so we had a 12 minute pool party i'm interested to hear what she would say because that's not a thing but that's what i think of i guess and it's just this this pure unadulterated random joy that's our thing what are your nicknames for each other so we have a combined nickname our nickname for each other is schatz which is the schatzis which means treasure in german it's just an endearing term for someone there is a whole story she will probably tell it better than i can and it came from that camp in 2007 that i mentioned where we shared a room and at the entrance of our little room we always had a lizard chilling on a little rock. And I always said, no, you know what? I really, really miss coming home and saying, honey, I'm home, which is in German would be Schatz, ich bin daheim. And so calling that lizard Schatzi, and then eventually it became our name for each other. Just become the term for us as a unit or as two people, the invisible committee of the Shatsis who gets to decide on boyfriends and, you know, all of this silly stuff. What is their best quality? Elna's best quality is definitely her big heart, which a lot of people might think is a weakness. But she's taught me acceptance and continues to do so. This is a funny one because I can feel it in my bones, but it's really hard to explain what it is. I would venture into using words like steadfast and loyal. She's taught me communication through that acceptance and that big heart and everything that she's helped me to grow in was because of it. There is something certain about her even when she faces uncertain things, even when she is vulnerable and emotional. She's a really fierce lover of people in a solid way, um, not a showy way. All of that, I think, is the same quality in a sense. 
is it about them that drives you mad? So Elna has a problem with time management. And for her as well, it, things just take longer than I would take to do them. Oh, is when she thinks she's right about something, um, which happens a lot because she happens to be right often. <laughs> Um, but sometimes it can irritate me <laughs> because you're not always right. Sometimes I'm right. It starts with very simple things like when she says, okay, I just woke up. I will uh, quickly take a shower and then I'll be ready. I think, okay, maybe 10 to 15 minutes, he'll be done with all of that. And then after 30 minutes, she's still not done. And I'm, <laughs> I don't know what she does. <laughs> she just loses time. What do you think it is about you that drives them mad? When I'm bad with time, which I am often, when I'm late, or I say, we'll Skype at six and then we don't. Elna probably gets mad at me when I get irrational, which happens when I get impatient or when I get hangry. I am the reason why she always carries snacks in her handbag with her. In a serious sense, I think when I undervalue myself and I do something that doesn't reflect my worth i think she gets angry because she knows i'm better than that when i get hangry and we're on a shopping trip there's nothing but food that'll save the situation that is probably when she's like tina talk about a time they really came through for you this is a small moment but i'm thinking of it because i know it's happened many times there have been so many different times when she's just been there for me like when I've broken up with a boyfriend I was in Germany on a holiday and I was finally there and I was just a mess oh I had worked long hours to be able to take that holiday I was stressed out of my mind even when I needed financial aid or when I need to go to the hospital she was there her family was there her mom and dad were there I remember sitting on her balcony or her couch and and crying my eyes out and saying to her, oh, I'm, I'm so weak, I'm so weak. I don't know why I'm crying, I'm on holiday. And she just looked at me. The main way she's come through for me was actually just saying you're part of the family, whatever you need, that's what you get because that's what family does. And said, this is what you do. This is your system telling you, you need to take a break. You're taking a break. You're still worthy. Everything is okay. You just sit there and cry until you're done. Tina and I are different, but we know each other really well. She knew me well enough in that moment. And her love reminded me of who I am and what I needed and that I was enough and okay. ever had a fight? I don't think we've ever had a fight in the sense of calling each other names or screaming at each other and stomping out and slamming doors. Have you ever had a fight? Yes. This week even. <laughs> but um, I, I think we have learned to forgive even when it's hard and we don't feel like it. What we did have, especially in the beginning, were moments where 
one of us was overwhelmed and just ignored the other or where I, for example, was hangry and then we actually needed to communicate our needs. I do remember one fight in particular. We'd been on a long road trip and we had just spent too much time together. For example, when I got hangry, I needed to realize, oh, okay, this is what's happening. So I could tell her, feed me. I remember her coming in to my parents' TV room and saying something along the lines of, you don't get to do that. You don't get to treat me this way because you love me. And so now you need to treat me better. And when she got overwhelmed with the situation and needed to be alone, she needed to tell me, hey, I need a moment for myself. And this is when you do this thing, this is how I feel. And this is what I need you to do instead. It's just one of those hallmark moments where you learn to deal with somebody who's very different to you and you teach them how you need to be loved. And that's what we've done. And whenever we now have a disagreement, we actually voice it and we accept it. Even though the, there'll always be fights and irritations in a friendship, I think if you're able to learn that, to listen to somebody when they're trying to teach you how to love them, you're going to be much better off. Give an example of your shared language, the sort of stuff that only you get. The things we say to each other are just weird ways of saying things. Like when we greet each other, we don't say hello, we say hello. This is shared with a third friend of ours, but somewhere in our WhatsApp chat, somebody was trying to say proud and it autocorrected to trout. And now whenever we are proud of each other, we send the fish emoji. When we give each other affirmation, we say, I love your face. And when we say goodnight to each other, we say something that her mum has taught us, which is sleep well in your bed and do not outfell, which means sleep well in your bed and don't fall out. What do you envy about them? Elma's songwriting talent is really quite something and cute. And that is something I'm jealous of and that I would love to have. I envy Tina's decision-making skills. She will decide under the surface. A, a decision will bubble up slowly. You won't see it coming. But when she decides, she decides. And it can go wrong and she can regret it and it can go up and down. But when she commits, she tends to be all in. And I've really been inspired by um, her commitment and her loyalty to things and, and learned from it myself to stand by what you stand by. I really respect and admire that. What have they done that has surprised you? Yeah, maybe when she fell in love. Um, that happened really quickly or, or seemed to happen really quickly to the outside world. How she and her now husband fell in love was surprising to a lot of people around us. The thing that's actually surprised me the most about her was that she became our friend. Because when we met, I was very dominant and thick-headed and overbearing and my way or the highway kind of thing. And she just stayed patient and taught me to communicate and to see things from different perspectives. And 
to try find optimal solutions that might not be my first instinct. And at first I was surprised. And then I thought about it and I realized there was nothing surprising about Tina making a decision and sticking to it. Yes, she's done a lot of very, very incredible things, but they didn't surprise me because after years of being her friends, I just knew her potential. So that's just something that you can expect when you know Elna. When are they at their happiest? I think she's happiest when she is at home being loved, when she is in a family, whether that's her family, my family, when she's safe and at home and having fun and loved and accepted in a space that she's created. I think Elna is at her happiest after a week of cathartic in the bush or the berg with good company and a good glass of wine and just situations where there's no pressure and no no performing on her side is demanded, where she can just be herself and be okay with that. If they were a food, what food would they be? She'd actually be a healthy, well-rounded meal. And that's very, very yum. So she'd be something like a doner which is just bread and lots of veggies and some protein and some really yummy sauce. And yeah, she'd be that. She would be one of those soups that's blended, really intricate coconut curry, chickpea, what, what. Often those soups look like one color, but when you taste them, there's so many levels and so much intricacy, but they look solid. They look like one thing, um, but they surprise you. If they suddenly disappeared from this world, what is the one thing that you would lose that you cannot get anywhere else? She's so deeply involved in all aspects of my life. I mean, from the time that I got baptized, her family gifted me my baptism cross. And I was immediately adopted into her family as soon as we became friends. And when I was alone, her family was there for me and she was there for me. So it's, it can't be just one thing. That's pretty easy because I can't get anyone else in this world that understands my history the way she does. I can tell you what I was like as a teenager and my first love and my university career. And I can tell you all of these things. I think the thing that I would miss the most was the future that was taken from us, that we're dreaming about where we raise our children in parallel and where we sit next to each other in an old age home doing 30 second dance parties on our walkers. But you were not the one who was on the other end of the phone. You were not the other one laughing their head off next to me. You were not the one who hugged me when I thought I was going to break into pieces. Only she has that. Continue enjoying life together, even when we're 10,000 kilometers apart, that we're still sisters. And it wouldn't be just one thing. It would be the whole future that would be robbed from me. I know her in my bones. I can't always tell you in words, but I know her. She's like a dance that I know all the moves to. The 
Before anyone else heard the answers to the questions, the friends got a chance to listen to each other and to react. That was a lot of fun hearing Tina talk about things that we both lived through together. I simply love how we're telling the same stories and have similar answers about our history. All of the points where I thought she would be able to explain it better, she definitely did. Just shows that our friendship is understood on the same level by both of us and that we have similar defining moments. Some of my favorite things that she said was the part about living in our joy and acceptance of each other, that that is what we do, that's our thing. I love how she tells stories from a growth perspective as well. I mean, that's what we've done. We've simply grown in our friendship as well, which is probably why it lasted so long and it, it continues to last. Me being bad at time management, her getting agitated when she's really hungry, our real irritation. But... It's so wonderful listening to them now, and it's almost funny that that's sort of the worst things we've gone through. My loyalty to decisions is not as steadfast or as as stubborn as it might sound. Also, I am learning to accept not being right. The thing that really got to me was her answer to the question where she said, you know, if she lost me from her life, then she would be robbed of our future together. Our friendship has lasted half our lives now and it's something that I can be deeply grateful for. In this friendship, we're still going to grow and we're still going to teach each other and we still have 60 years of friendship to go. Wanting to be around someone, wanting to have a future with them until you're grey and ugly. (laughs) That's, That's a beautiful thing and I think anyone who finds that is lucky. Thank you for listening to this edition of The Friendship File. I've already told you about rating and reviewing, so I'm just reminding you about that now. Other than that, you can find out more and see pictures of all the friends at our website, which is friendshipfile.com. And you can also get in touch with us, especially if you'd like to take part or you know of a friendship pair that you think might be really interesting. The music for The Friendship File is composed by James Lancaster. He is one half of Walkering, and you can find their music on Apple Music or Spotify. The Friendship File is a podcast production. Until we open the next file, goodbye.